Welcome to Difference Makers, where we bring you profound and enlightening conversations with remarkable people who make a difference through innovative and inspiring charity work. On this podcast, you'll hear the incredible stories of real-life Difference Makers, learn about the worthy causes and charities they support, and discover how charity work changes lives for the better. Music is here, there, and everywhere. Get on board and find pure joy as the side effect of music changes brain chemistry. I'm Aldous Harris, and in this episode, I had the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Carol Rosenstein, Executive Director and Co-Founder of Music Men's Minds, who's making a difference by creating musical support groups for individuals with Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, traumatic brain injury, and PTSD. I want to thank you for your time today. This is wonderful. I'm so happy that you could join us today on Difference Makers. And we're really excited. I'm really excited. I know our community is really excited to hear about your wonderful organization, Music Men's Minds. So without further ado, can we jump right in? You can tell us all about Music Men's Minds. Thank you for the golden opportunity. We welcome the outreach. We have a, an incredible story to tell. And it started about seven years ago when my darling now departed husband, Erwin, was having a problem with Parkinson's and dementia and his medications. And because he had been diagnosed so many years prior, the total journey that we were on together was 15 years pushing uphill. And anyhow, he seven years ago had been on the meds a long time and he was developing side effects, hallucinations, agitations. I mean, he was all over with people around him all day. The neurologist said, Carol, the brain is on overload. We have to reduce the medication. We did. But for a Parkinson patient, uh, the most important neurotransmitter is dopamine. Mm -hmm. And it was the dopamine medication that was causing the problem. So I was heartbroken that we had to reduce the, the dose. But fortuitously, I would watch him playing the piano socially in our home in a very low state. And he magically, after 10 or 15 minutes of playing the piano, would resurrect, be reengaged with his environment. It was like I'd given him his dose of med. <laughs> It was that mysterious and magical. So I called the neurologist, reported my findings. My background is in mind-body medicine, so I have a clinical eye to be able to see these obtuse changes. And Dr. Jeff Bronstein said, in such a nonchalant way, like I'd known this for all of my days, he said, Carol, you're watching the power of music changing brain chemistry. I said, what? He said, yes. He is pushing his own neurotransmitters in his own brain, putting the very neurotransmitter that he needs 
called dopamine, and he's he is filling up his cup with natural dopamine, and of course he doesn't have a side effect. Well, this was news that I had certainly not expected. I said, Dr. Bronstein, does this mean that I can find a few like souls so we could kind of have jam sessions together (laughs) and all make music and all push our own dopamine (laughs) and get high on our own stash? (laughs) And he said, great idea. Well, I put out uh, several calls, called for a launch, 30 people, 30 souls agreed to come to a launch in a private school music department locally. I had no idea what was about to happen. And in walked 30 strangers. Out of the 30, four souls gravitated to a Steinway piano. Next to it was a drum kit. There was a wall full of choices of instruments to choose to play. Owen grabbed a saxophone. Sam Mayo pulled back into his inside pocket of his jacket and pulled out a harmonica. And I have to tell you, Al, it was a miracle in the making. And those four souls were bonded within 15 minutes to become the core of four, which became the Fifth Dementia Band. (laughs) And it's that amazing story (laughs) that just launched us. Oh, I love it. You know, the Fifth Dementia was even an issue for me was, you know, was I taking advantage of people with brain diseases kind of playing with them in in an inappropriate way. But we decided to give it a go. And we've never looked back. We've had a media buzz for seven years. The first one was PBS, Mm -hmm. who asked if they could come and tell our story. It went out on the evening newsreel. Pardon me, I've just aged myself with the newsreel. <laughs> the newsreel. I love it. That's great. <laughs> and 150 responses came from that dinner hour report about the Fifth Dementia Band. And of course, we didn't have anywhere to send people who were looking for the music. But of course, the story has grown. And we are now able to invite people either to go in person, but Zoom has changed our lives. And here we are, instead of digging our grave at the start of the pandemic, we created an organic garden. And we are now global. We are making a lot of music. 
and causing lots of stir. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm holding on, trying to keep the reins of this tiger's tail (laughs) Uh within my keeping. (laughs) And the story just never ends. I love the story. I heard about you. I actually learned about you from a piece that CNN did on you, and you were nominated as a Hero of the Year. Remarkable. Congratulations. What an honor. And I, I heard the story. I was moved by your passion, your determination, your your love that you and your husband shared, and how you're sharing this wonderful, this thing that you discovered, that you and your husband discovered with so many people. So, I'm very excited to have you here today. This is such, I mean, it's such an incredible story. It's so, we try to showcase people who are doing inspiring and innovative work in the nonprofit world, and you are checking all the boxes. You're knocking it out of the park, and we're just excited to learn more about it. So tell our listeners, where are you located and where did this all start? I'm I'm on the East Coast out of Washington, D.C., and my understanding is you're out on the West Coast. Is that correct? Yes, we're in Los Angeles. We're spinning distance from uh, UCLA campus. Uh, We employ UCLA student assistants who remote in. They used to come to the house, which is a home office situation. Mm -hmm. But we're all remoting in now, saving a lot of travel time and gas (laughs) and pollution. And, um, and yeah, so we're in Los Angeles, uh, right here on the doorstep of UCLA. And you started there, but you're all around the world now. So tell us where you're reaching across the U.S. and, and mention some of these international sites as well. Well, we have people that come on our platform from Rwanda. They have um, a Red Rocks band that zoom in and just play percussion and stomp and and do some kind of a like a drum circle. Of course, they're different than we are, but we are all connected by the same musical thread. So we have a group from Rwanda who comes. We have a beautiful young lady from Uganda who has been singing on our platform with us, and the seniors love her. She, we're watching her grow. Uh, we have a formidable group of Rotarians that are literally around the world. So we're represented from people across the country here, but we're talking about Mumbai, India, Calcutta, India, talking about the UK, France, talking about the islands, talking about Australia. And I mean, it's crazy because I sit in this chair for probably 50 hours a week and I push buttons and I can say hello to anyone, anywhere and invite them to participate safely and make music and socialize together. And so our outreach is astronomical. 
I'm curious. So you're touching lives across the U.S., across the world, and it's this common thread of music. And you talked about the dopamine that's released. And scientifically, is that essentially this chemical reaction that music does? I I would assume it does for, for all of us, but especially profound with people with Alzheimer's, dementia, PTSD, et cetera. Well, it's happening to everybody. And of course, now with COVID and the isolation and the 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 enormity now of a new problem with mental uh, illness, I'd like to say wellness, but music is the way to convert the mental illness of isolation to mental wellness. And again, it's because of the power of music changing brain chemistry. It's magical, but I'm happy to say that international scientific communities corroborate and make scientific the facts that this is true. And there is a veritable pharmacy in our own brains that we can access, just like feeling depressed. We can flip-flop that and go ahead and push the, 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 the neurotransmitters that are all waiting to be released in our brains. And music is the magic that does that on our behalf. And is it any particular kind of music or is it just music in general? I believe music in general. And of course, we know that there are so many different types of music. and. It doesn't matter what kind of music, but it unlocks our pharmacy. And what's really also amazing is that, for example, a Parkinsonian patient like my beloved Erwin, who, by the way, is here with me. I have a little Russian lacquered box that we bought together about 20 odd years ago when we were in Russia. And so that I have a little bit of his ashes in here. And truly, it is the music that can heal the world. Now, we know that if we want to just sit lazily listening to music, that's a level of demand on our brain that will respond in that particular way. Pick up a more complicated instrument that necessitates sight reading, pedals, fingering. Now we're climbing a ladder of complexity and it is at the highest level of complexity that there is the greatest push on the neurotransmitters that are needed in order for us to function and to feel good. And in a case of a Parkinsonian, to even walk in a rhythm. These chemicals control our rhythm of breathing. They control our pulse because we are all part of a rhythm 
So each mechanism in our body is another form of rhythm. And I would tell you that one of my most profound facts that I recently learned from an anatomical standpoint, we have a unit called a neuron. A neuron is a nerve cell that talks to neighbors, long pipelines of neighbors. And they meet at a, an anatomical level of connection called a dendrite. And the dendrites approximate each other and start to give messages. And ow, it's all in rhythm. <sighs> I mean, we are literally a series of rhythms. So again, it doesn't matter whether you are in a country with another genre of music. We get it because we share the rhythm because we are all about rhythm energetically. And so, I mean, this whole topic of which I know very little about, but having scratched the surface as a, as a perennial student, I mean, I'm enthralled by the mechanisms that connect you and me. Because, and what I'm learning now is that it takes two beats that our brains hear. The third beat causes us to move so that we're responding with our bodies to the rhythm. Oh, that's wonderful. It is just that amazing. Restoring the rhythm of life. That's our hang tag. It's great. And it, and it speaks volumes about your work. So if I understand this correctly, listening to music is wonderful for the brain, but playing music is taking it to another level. You're engaging your, your body in, in various ways. You're engaging your brain in various ways. It's like going to the gym. You can go in the sauna and then the jacuzzi and then lie in your chaise <laughs> or you can get out there and really work out and, mm -hmm. and you know, call, call on a sweat. And the sweat that's comparable is the highest demand that you can make on the body musically by working and listening to the harmonics and, and the sight reading, as I mentioned, the complexity of playing a musical instrument, that is equated as a full body workout for the brain. Wow. That's remarkable. It starts with a beat and two beats automatically ignite a third beat, which is engaging the body into motion. But going back to our people with these neurodegenerative diseases, where they've lost 
brain cells to disease, the next miracle that is happening is that there are cells in the brain to do with music storage. These cells never die. And all of the neighbors involved in other functions are dying because of the disease process. But our people with these diagnoses are calling upon music storage cells that are like stars in our brains. There's not only one center that is for music storage. I mean, there are multiple centers in our brains that have specific functions. But the music storage cells are scattered like stars. And so if the center is diseased, there are stars around the rest of the environment that have to do with music storage. And this is how we function and we're able to restore memories of music in Alzheimer patient dementia brains when everything else is dying level by level, but the music storage cells remain intact. And that's why we can reach these people through music. Now, my darling husband, 15 years of a really uphill climb, the music never died. The music became our language of choice after traditional language skills fell away. And so this is what we are doing also is educating the young generation to understand that when grandma, grandpa, or even mom or dad has a diagnosis, that the language that can never be lost is an engagement with a patient through music. Somebody just did brilliant PSA for us. In fact, it's going out next week to over 30 million homes. Oh, my. <laughs> Can you match that? That's wonderful. No, I don't think so. I can't even imagine that. Ivanhoe Broadcasting did an amazing story on us. They came to my, my home personally to interview me. And they put together the most precious video. And it's four minutes, but the biggest and the best takeaway from those four minutes was me going into my husband in the morning to greet him. Hello. He couldn't walk. He couldn't talk. And he was a brilliant attorney. And he never knew his name, but he never forgot me, fortunately. That's really 
sad when that falls away. But I would take in my little shakers and I would go into him. I would turn on the radio and this one particular little song that I had the caregiver record was my darling husband in his bed, ready to die. And I was singing the dancing queen in my nightie, no makeup, my shakers. And he was dancing. The knees came up, the hands came up. And that was his hello to me in the morning because he never lost the rhythm. Were you and your husband uh, music people your whole lives? Can you give us a little background on that? Yes. You know, we, I, me personally, I played the piano since I was big enough to reach the keys. I was born and raised in South Africa and academics was very important in those days. And to continue an education in music and school demands made it really difficult. So I chose academics instead. I met Erwin 38 years ago. And and that was a very sweet story because um, I put an ad in the newspaper. (laughs) (laughs) I've been divorced for 10 years and had Uh a very rocky, very brief initial marriage. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really want to meet anyone else because it was a very, very uh, painful um, happening for me. But I, I did put an ad in the newspaper. And I got over 90 calls in response <laughs> because I put my phone number in. And that's <laughs> the last edition that this newspaper allowed one to put. I mean, this is 1984. So you know, we didn't have what we're dealing with today. Right. But anyhow, um, of the over 90 calls, and I was a busy chick, <laughs> and I had... 10 interview questions. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and talking about vibration, mm-hmm. even on the telephone, talking to somebody within seconds, you know vibrationally if it's a fit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I met you for one second and I knew that we were connected. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the bottom line is, Erwin won me over, mm-hmm. and he had a very uh, rich musical life. He actually has a very sweet story. He has a sister who's seven years older. They were born in uh, New Haven in Connecticut. And Sister Edie and he had music lessons every week. Well, the teacher fired Erwin because he wouldn't practice. Edie was compliant, so she remained for her lesson. My Erwin would sit with his ear to the keyhole while Edie was having her lesson. And then after her lesson, he would go to the piano and replay his lesson 
through that he had gotten through the keyhole. And so Erwin played by ear. Erwin could sit down after we'd seen a show and just play the music that we had just heard. And so, yes, from the moment we met each other, music was a very, very strong connector for the both of us. And so it seemed like this is a very organic and and very natural story to come out of our lives together. And so, yeah, music was important to the both of us. We were on that vibration together and we always enjoyed our concerts at the Hollywood Bowl uh, before the Walt Disney Concert Hall was uh, 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 came into operation. I mean, this was a regular date for the two of us to go to a symphony. And music really was a very important connection for us in our personal lives. Do you have a certain, and and did, did he have a certain genre of music that you enjoyed more than others? And also I'm curious about the instruments that he played. He played a saxophone in the marching band at Penn. He played the guitar. Um, he played the, the piano. Uh, he, he read a little bit of music, but mostly by ear. And so, yeah, I mean, the two of us would dance together and just enjoy music, traveling in the car. Music was always part of our lives. We loved classics. Mm -hmm. And of course, all of the Broadway musicals, you know, the American songbook was what we would gravitate to. Again, our music memory cells took us back through the 60s and the 50s for him. And so we we were across the board with uh, love of music and just a little more in the area, I would say, of classics. That's great. To learn music by ear and then to be able to pick up those instruments, piano, you said guitar, and sax, three completely different instruments, different skill sets are needed. He must have been quite the talent. That's what you're born with. Mm -hmm. These are the gifts of an incarnation. You know, whether you believe in reincarnation, he might have, uh, you know, been a student of these instruments way back. But he brings in that information. And and here we are, a man who can pick up an instrument. You know, it's the story of the child protege. I mean, at four and five and six years old, these angel children are stars musically, playing violins and and singing. I mean, where did these people come from? That it's all about the gift and it's all about vibration and it's all about using your gift. And that's why music is so powerful as a healer. As a healer. That's wonderful. And the band, The Fifth Dementia, right? What kind of music did they play? Again, 
an interesting question you ask. Of course, all the members, other than if they were the kids that would come to jam with the seniors, what kind of music would they play? Of course, they gravitated to what they grew up on. But here's another mystery that I tell you about. So when you've got a brain under attack with one of these neurodegenerative diseases and you don't know your name, you don't know where you live, you have no idea of a phone number or even your birth date, I mean, this fact that I'm going to share with you is true. We would turn on a piece of music as a new genre for these people to listen to. And not long after going through this new piece two or three times is a new genre of music, they would learn it. Wow. And replicate it. Amazing. How on earth? How on earth? <laughs> it's really remarkable. New genre, a new piece of music they've never heard. And they would get the rhythm. And of course, there's repetition involved. But as you're playing some foreign something that's not from their era, they would start to pick it up and be able to sing it for a concert. Oh, that's so wonderful. So there is hope. And it's all about the power of music and the storage of music and the body's response to the beat and rhythm of music. And it's given us a gateway into a miraculous world where these souls that have been stripped of everything can come to a band rehearsal and we will put their identities that they've been stripped of, their new identities, right into their laps, empower them, and they become singers and lovers of music and have found a language to be able to communicate with everyone around them. Oh, it's so wonderful. So you are the co-founder of this organization and the executive director. What does a day look like for you as executive director? I'm sure with connecting people all across the world through music, you are quite busy. Yes. I'm overly busy for one human being. I'll be 77 next birthday. I don't think my brain has ever worked at this level and capacity. I am shocked. Uh, I am here to tell you I've had a problem with remembering names all my life and that I made a bargain with myself that I would learn to remember names. And I think 
It may just be like a muscle that needed stimulation and exercise, but today my capacity for even remembering names is 100% better than it used to be. And so I'm proving that I have brain cells that are being reborn, but because I'm pushing them into action, Mm -hmm. they are becoming part of my active brain cell family. Because what I also now learn is that with the turnover of brain cells being born in all of us all the time, if you don't put them to work, they die. Just like our muscles, right? That's the analogy of going to the gym. Not to use is to lose. And so consequently, I believe that you can retrain some of the new cells that we are blessed with. If you use them, they will work. And if you choose not to, they will die. So my life today is at a very high level of efficiency. Of course, COVID has been very challenging and the body has suffered because of not going out there like we used to. But um, my brain capacity is really uh, quite shocking to me. (laughs) And I, um, as the executive director, I am operating on many frequencies. I am happy to say that we have a formidable partnership now with Rotary International Clubs. And I don't know if you know anything about Rotary, but it is a service organization. Are you going to say that you're a Rotarian? I'm not, but I I am going to say I do know a lot about Rotary. They're a wonderful organization. And I've interacted with many Rotarians over the years and nothing but respect for that organization, what they do for for, for their communities. And they're all over in every community. There are, listen to this, 1.2 million Rotarians globally. There are 36,000 Rotary clubs globally. And today, our partnership is with Rotary International Clubs and Music Men's Minds, together with Rotary, now has a global initiative together. And we are about to roll out this initiative which we call Music Changes the Brain, Energize and Empower Through Music. And we are about to educate 1.2 million Rotarians requesting about the power of music and asking them to step up and start a little musical Zoom platform through their club as a community outreach program. And when we're back in person to create a little sing-along, a drum circle, a band through their clubs at a grassroots level. And we are now not only taking music 
to seniors with our degenerative diagnoses, but to everybody needing the music, especially now as mental wellness is staring us in the face. Everybody needs music, and we are now rolling out a global initiative taking music to the world. You have a lot going on, a lot of really exciting things. Wow. Okay, so I have to ask, who's helping you? You're you're doing all of this yourself. Please tell me you have loyal (laughs) supporters and volunteers because, I mean, it's incredible what you've already accomplished, but you have so much on, on deck in the short term. So do you have a team? I have a team that is too small. (laughs) And of course, it's about volunteers. And if this opportunity through your outreach can help music men's minds find volunteers out there who would like to give back to humanity in the way of music, please give them my phone number. Give them our website, info at musicmensminds.org. Call me. Knock on my door. We need a team that's bigger to handle the load. Yes, you were right. We have so much to handle. My Mm -hmm. nights are turned into days because of the load that I'm carrying. We do have others that are helping as administrative assistants. We have a strong board that can always get stronger. We're in need of fundraising assistance to help us foot some of our bills. But the volunteers are the kind of people that will not drain the bank for us and be able to help us carry the gift of music to everyone out there needing to do what you and I have been talking about. Wonderful. So our community listening here to you and I discuss this amazing organization can volunteer. They can support you through financial contributions. Obviously, just spreading the word is a big component. I'm always big on raising awareness, but I love that. You have a team of volunteers, you have a board, but you're doing so much. I know you need help. So I call on the Difference Makers community to reach out. Again, is it, um, let me get this right, musicmensminds.org. Is that correct? Yes. Info at musicmensminds.org. Or we have a very busy website that our UCLA students keep updated all the time. We have a new project called Ask the Expert. It is a podcast series on Spotify. And we are now, I think we're going to be interviewing a fourth or fifth researcher uh, as to their feelings and facts about the science that we have been talking about. And, you know, we are little, but we are mighty, Al. 
You really are. <laughs> I I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> this is a mighty organization led by a mighty lady, no doubt. You know, it's interesting. I retired several years ago. I came out of retirement when I saw this opportunity to help Irwin and to help the souls needing the music. And so today, you know, instead of me uh, just luxuriating and enjoying those golden years, my golden years are still shiny bright because I'm serving. I am serving humanity. This is what gets me out of bed every morning. And I just, I'm lured by our story and by the success and finding so many people that resonate with our story. And I have got the best job in the world. (laughs) Please God that I should just keep my brain cells active and growing and uh, keep my, my lungs filled with air. And, and my heart so happy. I am just the luckiest kid to be able to present this program and to be able to help people who are in dire straits out. These diseases are horrendous. I've also just recently been contacted by another very big opportunity There is a documentary that is being released uh, on the 18th of February uh, in Los Angeles, and it's a documentary about Alzheimer's. And Greg O'Brien, who is a journalist, a prolific author, his last book was called On Pluto, and it 59, Greg was diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's. And he and his beloved family have chosen to live transparently and bring the truth to the world about this demonic disease. And so they've got this fabulous documentary called Have you heard about Greg? And this documentary runs about an hour and a half and has a team of professionals, including heavy-hitting people in the movie biz, and they have asked for MMM to collaborate with them. And so on the 18th of February in Los Angeles for their first screening. I've been asked to speak to their audience. And once LA is done, this documentary is going to over 300 theaters nationally. And they are taking, they've invited Music Men's Minds to catch the wave with them because they really believe their hang tag says, and I love what they say here. This is, have you heard about Greg? It's a journey through Alzheimer's with faith, hope, and humor. 
and they are looking at music men's minds as part of their hang tag. And so our, they, they have a, a title theme song called Remember Me. Here we go with memory again that's failing Alzheimer patients and the music storage that's allowing those memories to stay intact. And they have asked Music Men's Minds to do a second version. Oh, wow. And so we are now busy with our own singers and musicians creating a Music Men's Minds version of Remember Me. So that they literally are showcasing our work as they bring their story to the world. Incredible. Again, we talk about raising awareness and educating people. Dementia, Alzheimer's, we know these terms, but we don't really know what they are unless we've had a loved one or family member affected. So a program like this, a documentary like this, Have You Heard About Greg, will be just a wonderful education for us to learn more about this illness, this terrible illness, and then your great work that you're doing to help people with this illness. Until we find a cure, music is the only other medicine that makes the journey happy because the side effect to music changing brain chemistry, because music is medicine for the mind, our side effect is pure joy. That's the best side effect you could have, right? Pure joy. You know, I often ask our get my guests um, what their work does for them. And, and you just said a few minutes ago about how it's made you feel and how fortunate you are, how lucky you are to be doing this, this incredible work. And I was moved by that. And I, I always try to, to highlight that when I speak to anyone about their, their nonprofit work, their charity work, so that our community knows how it makes one feel. Helping others is one of the greatest things you can do, not only for the people you're helping, but for you, the doer. And you really, you just, you know, you shared that and really brought that to light about how excited you are and how proud and thankful you are for your work. Amen. And you've learned so much through your work. I know you have because you've shared so much with us. Was there anything that came as a real surprise to you through this work? I mean, for me, everything has been the delight to learn and so surprising on so many levels, but just positively impacting people with the power of music. Was this something that kind of caught you by surprise or did you have, did you kind of like suspect that, that this music could have this power? Well, I'd only ever seen what music was doing for my Irwin. But that night of our official launch, you know, I didn't know anything about what was going to happen. And as I arranged for this launch with treats to have some beverage and a little nosh for people, I went to the printer and I just I just did this. I had no idea why I did it, but I did it. 
and I ordered a banner that said the fifth dementia, music, men's minds. Al, I had no idea what I was doing. And I took this banner to the launch and I unfurled it for the first time. And 30 of us stood behind the banner. And there was the organic seed that took off. So was I surprised? (laughs) You bet. (laughs) (laughs) Did I know what I know today? No. Has it been an education? Every day. And part of our organization is about reviewing the scientific literature. We summarize literature into lay terminology. We put out documents that are research documents with facts that are reduced to sentences that people can understand the complexity of the science. So we're not only about bringing fun of music to everybody, we are in the business of educating. When we've got a platform on our three times a week Zoom platform, and I want to invite everybody to contact me, We will give you the Zoom links. You will hear that part of the fun is the information that we are teaching our people why they're sitting on the platform, why they're having so much fun. So we've taken upon us ourselves to inform and educate our people as well as everyone out there. And that's why when we pick up a phone and or email a world-renowned authority in music and the brain, and we invite them to come on our podcast, the answer is yes. And so we've got the ear of the scientific community. The education piece is so important. I love that you're focused on that, and that's a big focus for the organization. And I love that you guys are doing a podcast. Obviously, uh, I'm, I'm partial to them. Again, can you give us the name of the podcast and where can we find it? It's on Spotify. It's called Ask the Expert, and it is our Music Men's Minds platform. Wonderful. Wonderful. Again, musicmensminds.org and there we could support the organization we can reach out to you about volunteer opportunities and we can learn and we can learn because there's that big education piece is there any parting message any words of wisdom a nugget or pearl you can share with our community i just want to put out a good word for rotary international clubs what an organization. We are so blessed and so proud to be traveling with them. We have two service arms of Rotary that we are connected to. One is the Alzheimer Dementia Rotary Action Group, 
They're an action group. We are a service partner. And ADRAG, Alzheimer Dementia Road Reaction Group, is in the business of funding Alzheimer Dementia Research. Their dollars paid for the most important information that's just been made public by Dr. Rudy Tanzi, who's a Harvard Mass General um, researcher. And Dr. Tanzi's work shows that for every three cases of Alzheimer's that are diagnosed, two are women. And that's a very surprising statistic, but that today is scientifically accepted, that it is now more of a woman's disease than a man, which takes you off into the realm of hormones and and DNA that's female-related. So that's a huge awareness that has just been uncovered by Dr. Rudy Tanzi. And Music Men's Minds is something that they offer their people as they're looking for research dollars. And so we are enjoying that kind of a a partnership on a, a, a different level than Rotary International Clubs. The other arm with which we are connected is the International Fellowship of Rotarian Musicians. They go to over 200 countries. They have a virtual choir platform that I have been singing on for all of COVID days. And we meet every Saturday, different time zones around the world. And IFIRM, International Fellowship of Rotarian Musicians, is in partnership with MMM, and they are helping us roll out our global initiative of Music Changes the Brain, Exhilarate and Educate Through Music. And IFIRM is hands-on as a partner as we roll out a global initiative to the Rotary world of 1.2 million Rotarians to ask them to come on board and help us grow this new baby. And so Rotary, I am a Rotarian and I love the concept of being service-oriented and a humanity needs our help more than ever. Isn't that right? Well, that's a wonderful partnership that you have with Rotary, but it seems you have many partnerships because Music Men's Minds has a lot of irons and a lot in the fire, as they say. You really do have a lot going on. It's really incredible what you've accomplished in such a short time that the organization has been in operation, and there's so much on the horizon in the short term. What is your hope for the organization long-term? Where do you see Music Men's Minds in five years or 10 years? I see it as a possible household name. And that's where I'm heading. 
is to be able to have this as important in in the world to know about music, the power of music changing brain chemistry. Music is here, there, and everywhere. Get on board and find pure joy as the side effect of music changes brain chemistry. Well, this is Difference Makers, and you, Carol, are a true difference maker. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing your beautiful story. And thank you for making a difference in the world through your inspiring work. Al, it's so my pleasure. Thank you for your time. Thank you for the invitation. I'm deeply touched. And it's lovely to meet a big smiler. (laughs) (laughs) It's been lovely to speak with you today and to meet you. And hopefully we can one day meet each other in person. That That would be wonderful. Thank you very much. Ditto, ditto. On behalf of Difference Makers Global Community, I want to thank you for listening. And if you'd like to learn more about today's guest, visit differencemakers.org. There you'll find a dedicated page for each of our Difference Makers and a link to their charity's website, where you can learn more about their inspiring work and support the mission. And for our readers out there, I have two books that I wrote that I'd love for you to check out, Crossing America for a Cure and Running the Coast for a Cure. These books chronicle charity adventures I did in honor of my niece, Jenna, who was born with a rare neurological disorder called Sturge-Weber syndrome. Both books can be purchased on Amazon.com and all profits from book sales are donated to Sturge-Weber Research. Thanks again for listening. And remember, in each of us is the power to make a difference.